7A campus and I was privileged to be under their leadership for a couple of years. And the thing I love about Mike and Amy is that is what you see is what you get. Uh, they're real, what, they're, they're such genuine people. And, and Mike only preaches what he's lived out or what he's living out. Uh, and I know that this message is no different. And it's a powerful message and I know you're gonna be blessed by it. So just can we welcome up Pastor Mike this morning. Fantastic. Hey, great to be here this morning, and uh, I, I just want to give a bit of honour to uh, this young man, uh, Adrian Daniel. I can call him young because I'm old. So, I, I just I'm just so impressed with what God has done in his life over the last decade, and uh, just to see your leadership grow and the anointing on your life grow is uh, a real, real privilege to watch. So, uh, keep doing it, mate. Appreciate you. Uh, real privilege to be here this morning and to be able to share uh, with you a message that I, I hope will encourage you. I, I hope and apologise when it challenges you because uh, this is a, a message that I'm trying to live out and hopefully uh, we all get to live out together. Uh, you'll see I'm a, a bit of a Liverpool supporter. Uh, there's a bunch of other people that don't like that, but that's all right. This is our year. After 30 years in the Premier League wilderness, it's coming home. Come on, we've got our family up there. We've called it. Uh, Amy called it back in December, bought us all shirts. It's coming home, Finally. You know, on, uh, on Friday, Bobby Firmino scored the winner against Wolves, and I was pretty excited about that. But what was more exciting was three days before that, he was baptised and was pulled by Alison Becker, the, the goalkeeper. God is moving in Liverpool Football Club. LFC, living for Christ, Liverpool Football Club. Come on. How are we going to get into the Word of God this morning? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. It's in your notes. You can read it on your Bible, on your device, or on the screen behind me. Uh, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A, city, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I pray this morning as we begin? Father, we thank You. Thank You that you, you give us Your Word and Your Word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. God, I pray You'd speak to us today. Lord, that our ears would be open, that our hearts would be ready to receive Your Word to us as individuals and even more importantly, corporately as a church together. God, I thank You for the work that You're doing amongst us and in our community and God, may that continue to increase in the years ahead. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Man, now in this passage, Jesus is, is delivering what's now known as the Sermon on the Mount. It wasn't advertised as the Sermon on the Mount. There was just a bunch of people gathered and he stood on a mountain and he began to preach. He brought a whole lot of uh, topical sermons. I guess you could say the very first TED Talks. Little short messages on things that were relevant about relationships, about possessions, all centered around the Kingdom of God. Jesus was talking about the Kingdom of God and how people could live as influencers. Jesus put a call out to disciples saying, come, be, follow me, become a, a fisher of men. You know, come, and, come and be a part of the journey and I'm gonna teach you how to make disciples that learn how to make disciples, that learn how to make disciples, that learn how to make disciples. And so Jesus gave this invitation to people and He talked about the, the Beatitudes, blessed are those that mourn, they'll be comforted, blessed are the peacemakers. And so Jesus then brings these two thoughts about being salt and being light. And I, I wanna look at those this morning and see how that influences us and how it affects us as Christians living in our community. 
Jesus was speaking to a large crowd of people. And, and within that crowd, there was a group of different people and personalities and ages and stages in life. There were some people that probably loved God passionately, probably had some people in there that didn't like God. In fact, were just there to cause some trouble and stir things up. But the message from Jesus didn't change for every single one of them. He said, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And he wants you to make a difference. So when he begins to speak about being salt and light, what were they hearing? Because we've got to understand the context of the day. I want to look at the first thought this morning, salt. How many people like to cook? Anyone like to cook? Now, I, I started cooking at about 11 years old. Mum was sick with my youngest brother. My, old, my dad didn't cook. My, my older brother didn't cook. And so at 11, I started to cook for the family. I pity my family in those early years. Um, the, I, don't, I can't remember what I cooked, but so far to this day, I haven't put anybody in hospital with food poisoning. So uh, praise God for that. But I love to cook. I just bought a, a low and slow barbecue just uh, about 12 months ago, cooking some beautiful, nice, slow cooked meat. Um, but one of the key things to getting your cooking right is flavor. And one of the key ingredients is salt. Not too much, not too little. Now, back when I was starting to cook, there was the, the blue and white cerebus shaker. That was it. Come on, some of you remember that. All right, there was no other option of salt. You know, now we've got rock salt, we've got Himalayan pink rock salt, we've got garlic salt, we've got chicken salt, we've got garlic and herb salt. But the core ingredient there is salt, and the purpose is to bring out the flavour. It's not a flavour in itself, it brings out the flavour within the meat. Now, we think salt's important, I certainly do. I, I, like, I like the right amount of seasoning in my food, but if we think salt was important today, go back into the day that Jesus was talking, salt had a whole nother level of value. In, in fact, did you know that soldiers were paid in salt? The word soldeur means to be paid in salt. The, to, be, to be worth your salt or, or to, to sit above the salt line would mean that you would sit based on your value or your worth depending on where you were sitting according to the salt. A salary which comes from salarium, comes from the word salt. So the soldiers were paid in salt. So it's fascinating that these people understood. In fact, if a soldier wasn't as doing, doing his job right, he would have his, he, he, he was not worth his salt, which means that he actually wouldn't get paid for the work he did. And so when they talked about salt, when Jesus talked about salt, they understood what it meant. They understood that Jesus was saying, you are of incredible value, you are salt, you are of value to God and also of value to the people around you. In fact, the Greeks, they believed that salt was divine, that there was, there was a spiritual aspect to salt. The Jews, they understood that salt was important. In fact, in Leviticus 2.13, this is what God says to the people, season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. So the understanding of salt, when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, they got it. They understood that Jesus was saying, you are of value to God and to people. Can I tell you, maybe you don't even realise this, my friends. Your life is of value. Your life has incredible purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it is to be salt of the earth. 
You know, salt was not only used just to flavour food, but also to preserve it. Fridges and freezers weren't a, a big thing back then. Uh, the ability to produce ice in the Middle East probably wasn't happening that often. And so they had to preserve the, the, the food. And so they would use salt to do that. So when Jesus was telling his listeners that they need to be a little bit salty, he wasn't uh, telling them a bit of, bit, of a, bit of an angry person. He was saying, you are of value. So what does it mean to be salt? What does it mean to represent God as salt? Well, I've got a thought around salt and then I'm gonna talk about light as I close this morning. But, but the main thought for me today is that salt has to touch what it wants to affect. Salt has to touch what it wants to affect. See, we can have a container of salt sitting on a table and go, that salt is great, does a great job. But if we don't put it on the food, it, it means nothing. I love the fact that we gather here and we, we celebrate and we worship and we pray and, 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 and we give God glory in this place, but it's not about this. Our life and our purpose is to worship God and the best way we worship God is by living a life for Him, by bringing others to Him. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and have lots of great church services. He said, go and make disciples and bring them into church, absolutely. But this is kind of like the half time before you go out into the game again. You know, maybe nurse a few wounds and deal with some injuries, rehydrate a little bit, but then we get back out there again. The purpose is not to be here and stay here and, and huddle here. The purpose is to go out. And we can only affect that which we touch. So we've got to find ourselves where God wants us to be. Um, about 15 months ago, uh, we, Amy and I had the privilege of going over to Bangladesh and planting, uh, being a part of planting the first Elam church over in Bangladesh. And they're in the middle of building the facility that many of you gave over, over the last couple of years. And uh, the building's kind of half finished, hopefully October, November. Uh, we'll be able to give you some footage of, uh, of the, the opening of the building and uh, what God's doing over there. But we came back from that trip. God really moved in our hearts. And independently, God spoke to both of us to sell our house. Now, we just built this house. It was a miracle in you know, getting the land and building the house. And we thought that was our forever home. We were happy there. But God said, time to sell. We didn't know all the reasons why, but we just followed the nudge as we have for all of our life and just said, okay, God, if this is you. And Amy, Amy was more convinced than I was, which I know that it was definitely God because she was quite happy there. And so we sold it, put it on the market, amazing, miraculous story of the price we got and, and it was exactly how God wanted it to be. But we were told, whatever you do, wherever you buy, don't buy in Romanga, all right? Just don't, just don't buy there, don't go there. It was like, uh, so where, where do we end up buying? Romanga. That's where we found ourselves. Beautiful home and, and you would love the home and it's absolutely amazing. But we found out two weeks later why God had put us there. Uh, we found out that there was a, a tragic accident that had taken place. Uh, a, a young boy, 10 years old, ran out of a dairy on his way to school ran straight across the road, got hit by a truck. Just, he, he, was, he was gone instantly. Horrible, just, just absolute tragedy. And we found ourselves, you know, the, you know, people are talking about it on that day and it was so sad and you hear the news and we didn't know who the boy was. But that night about 10 o'clock, heard this, this karang, this, this cry, heard this haka, a bunch of men and women just passionately and I just kind of opened the window and, and right next door, there was a hearse was parked up outside. The body of this, in this coffin was, was being brought out and taken into the home. Put two and two together, obviously. And over the next week, we, we just got alongside them and, and helped them and loved them and fired up the barbecue. A couple of, 
pork shoulders and some pulled pork and you know, go, and, go and love and serve the best way we could. Didn't know what else to do other than just to, to serve, but we were close. We were in proximity, we were able to help. Two weeks after that, I'm just about to go to bed, it's Saturday night, and uh, ready to you know, get ready for, for church in the morning and I hear this noise outside, a bit of a ruckus going on and, and I made the mistake of looking out the window. If you look out the window, you're kind of committed. So I kind of opened the window or looked up the, the blind just as this, this lady charges this guy in the middle of the street, knocks him flat. I mean, he's, he's, he's down, They're all you know, intoxicated. He's down and, and she's standing there all aggressive and then this other woman charges her and then it's all on. You know, it's, it's, it's here pulling and kicking and punching. I'm like, right, I've got a choice. I can call the cops. I can do the right thing. That's what I should do, right? But it's gonna take a while for them to get there. So I strapped on my weapons of choice. <laughs> Put on my ugly brown slippers and my dressing gown. And I walked out. And I made the, the, the important assessment. Could I run faster than both of them if it all goes bad? And I worked out that I, think, I, I thought I could, even in my slippers. And so I got out there and, and by that stage, another neighbour had heard the ruckus and so we kind of pulled them apart and sit down. You sit down there. They wanted to keep going again. Sit down. And the guy finally got up off the ground and, and, and he, he yells, he says, girls, you know what the alcohol does to us. And in that moment, there was this realisation even in himself. I got to just put my arm around the guy, have a little chat with him, settle him down. We, you know, now we kind of communicate. It doesn't remember much of the incident, but uh, we're certainly in that, that communication. But you know what? If we present ourselves where God needs us to be, we can affect those around us. We don't even have to have all the answers or even know what to do, and most of the time I don't. But I've just made the decision that I'm gonna be there. Do you find yourself wondering what to do in a, in a dark place or a difficult situation? Just choose to be present with God's presence. Choose to be present with God's presence. We are carriers of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means that when we go into a situation, we don't have to do anything other than just be there and trust God and allow God to speak through us. And, 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 and when, the, when we have to say something, we say something. And when we don't have to say something, we just, just be there. And so we have the opportunity to be salt, to be able to affect those around us. But also don't forget that salt is best when it's appropriately applied. Don't forget too much salt is unbearable. My daughter who also loves to cook and she wants to be a chef and a worship leader, which is gold for me. You know, I'm sorted. I've got a worship leader for work and she'll cook me food at home. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a good deal. So, so anyway, she, she was cooking eggs one morning and she, she cooked eggs for everybody. And then she goes to apply the salt, but the lid on the salt shaker was loose. And come on, how many people have been there? You've done it. I tried to make a coffee at somebody's place. The coffee, the tea, and I thought a bowl of sugar was sitting beside, it was salt. I wasn't drinking that coffee. Probably teaches me I shouldn't put sugar or salt in my coffee. But anyway, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be always full of grace. Seasoned, not dumped seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. God's got opportunities for us if we would just simply present ourselves, just be there and just bring the love of Christ to those around us. The second area that Jesus talked about was the light. 
that we are to be light that shines in the darkness. And so my thought this morning is that our job is to shine God's light. As light, we are to illuminate or make visible. Our lives, are, our lives are to be an ongoing witness of the reality of Christ in our life. The change that's happened in me, people see. When they see what God has done in my life, I don't get any glory. They give glory to God because I'm not that good. Come on, anyone else? No one looks at, no one looks at us and goes, wow, you're amazing. They say, look at what God has done in you because I know what you were like before. It has to be God. When we live our lives like that, people see the light. It's important to also know that we are not the light. Even though Jesus says you are the light of the world, Jesus is the light. We reflect Him. He is the light. We simply just become a transmitter where the light goes through. Jesus Christ Himself, He is the light. And Jesus says when your life is filled with moments of love, of forgiveness, generosity, of self-control, of patience. When your life is like that, the light shines very brightly. We have the opportunity to live a life that shines. And when we shine the light of Christ, the battle, as we've heard today, as we've sung, the battle is short. We don't even have to fight because God fights that battle. 1 John 1, 5 says, This is a message we have heard from Him and declared to you. God is light in Him. There is no darkness at all. We're not the light. Jesus is. But the world needs to see the purity of the light source. So in order for that to happen, we need to continually come to God with our stuff. Anyone got stuff? Attitudes? Unforgiveness? Lustful thoughts? Bad attitude? Yeah, we're all wrestling with it probably today. Probably last night, something went down. You're still halfway in through the argument you've got with your spouse right now. You know, you want to hold their hand, but they don't want to hold yours. We just, that was a little bit too loud. The laugh was a bit loud. You can come for ministry afterwards. We'll take, we'll take care of you. We'll bring you closer together. But you know what? We have an opportunity every day. I always say just, if there's something going on in your life, don't sweat it. Just do something about it. You know, we are only ever one prayer away from being right with God. Do you know that? One prayer. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life. One prayer saying, God, I'm sorry I was wrong. Please forgive me. His grace is there. And that light shines again. Anyone got a fireplace with, with, with a glass panel? Sometimes the soot builds up, the carbon builds up on the glass. Yeah, and you can scrub it and you can clean it. But one of the best things you can do is just light the fire and get it cranking. Because the heat just burns the carbon right off. That's what God does when He takes us through the fire. The fire of God purifies us from within so that the light that's in us, which is Christ, shines out of us. If we can live a life like that, people go, wow, look at what God's done in that guy, that woman. It's gotta be God. I love Martin Luther King. He says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Now Paul says, just live in a way that would, would, would influence people. He says, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You wanna make a difference? Just live as a light for Jesus. Now sadly, as Christians, we'll be known for what we're against more than what we're for. I love that we're changing that. I love that church is about other people. 
that church is about those that are far from God, that, that we do this on a Sunday morning not so that we can just have a wonderful time, although we do, but we, we do it because we wanna believe that somebody's gonna wake up on a Sunday morning and go, and you know what, somebody said that Jesus was the hope of the world, <laughs> that the local church was the place to go if you wanna find the answers, and they walk in through these doors and you might be here today asking those very questions. This is why we exist. This is why we do what we do. I got a hairdresser, been my hairdresser for about five years. Um, I'd go and get a haircut and, and we'd talk about all things, politics and truth and is there an absolute truth? We talked about things of morality. Um, he, he lives a homosexual lifestyle. So we had all those kind of conversations around that and, and what it means and what the Bible says and all of that. Uh, I. I you know, I give him a hug every time I see him. The first one he thought was weird, but now he kind of lines up for the next one. You know, my, my, my theory is if, if, you don't, if I don't hug you, I don't love you. That's just who I am, physical touch, love language, you know. And so, so we're having these conversations and every time I'd say, well, I've come to your business to see what you can do. Now you come to my business so I can show you what I can do. And so the invite was there every single time and finally he came. So we arrived and the dream team were on form. Come on, how many people love the dream team? <laughs> Woo! There was a car park for visitors, for visitors. Don't park in the visitors' car park, people, come on. The visitors' car park was free. He walks in with his, with his uh, flatmate. She'd been to church before, but kind of had a bit of a bad experience, as did he. I, said, I, I met him at the door. I said, do you, want, do you want to dip your toes in or you want to go full immersion? He goes, ah, full immersion, let's go for it. So I right, come up the front. So he came and sat up the front and we did the whole service. She wept through the whole service. He's just kind of sitting there, kind of stunned mullet, just wasn't quite sure about it. He hung around right to the end, met all of my friends, all, all of the people that I call family. Bunch of people just so kind and just loved on him. We got to the end of the service and we're leaving, going out the door together and he says, well, I'm gonna have to change my opinion on church now because that wasn't what I was expecting. I love that that's what happens when people walk into this place. And that's what happens every single Sunday here. We get to be a light that shines brightly in the darkness. So every time you do something countercultural at work, you forgive somebody who hurt you. Every time you show generosity to someone who can't pay you back. Every time you apply grace rather than the law to a situation, people go, what was that? And then the Bible says that they look at their Father in heaven and give Him glory because of our good deeds. That's good stuff right there. But what I love about this passage is that Jesus wasn't saying, hey, Adrian, Daniel, you are the, the salt of the earth. You are the light of the, the world. This message is all about you, Adrian. That wasn't what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, you, this crowd that's gathered to hear me speak, you collectively, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You, Elam Christian Centre Botany, you are the soul of the earth, together, collectively, when people say, oh, Botany, oh, you go to that church. Oh, I know that person, and I know that person. They're great people. They love Jesus. They're kind, they're generous. There's something that happens when we do it together. See, I, I can make a little bit of an impact by living a life like that, but the impact we have together, that's where the power is. Just before Christmas, I got a phone call on a Friday. It was my day off. I often, you know, I don't always answer my phone on my day off, but again, I just, I've got this deal with God. I have a quick conversation. God, should I? And it was like a, mm, yep, I picked up the phone. 
to find out that there'd been a homicide, um, child, child abuse, um, this, this young 16-month-old boy had lost his life through, the domest- through domestic violence. We, we were kind of loosely connected to the family with a, somebody went to school with a grandparent over in Australia and they couldn't get back and, and the police were in the, in the situation. They needed somebody to come in and pray through the house before they removed the body. Not, not the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. In fact, the, the hardest thing I've ever done to stand there with the body of this 15-month-old right there in front of me and, and, and somehow bring light to the darkest situation I've ever walked into. The days to come, I, I, I helped lead the funeral. Uh, I led the, the mum to the Lord and um, there was, it was a real complicated case where all the truth, and I prayed as I led her to the Lord that the truth would come out in the situation. And the whole thing reversed over the period of weeks and, and it was just, it was, it was a mess. And in the end, the father gave his life to Christ. He's now in church. He's, he's serving. He's, he's, you know, God has done incredible things in his life. The anger that he had has now just been completely turned around. And I remember at the funeral, I, I said to our worship leader, because the community, the church community just gathered around clothes and food and, and, and accommodated another child that was involved. And they, they, you know, rather than sifts, we, we were able to just you know, look after the child ourselves. And so uh, Sarah, our worship leader, was about to take the service. And uh, I, I just said, well, just, just play some music in the background. You know, I, you know, I said that kind of to the family and it wasn't necessarily a Christian funeral in that sense. But I said, just, just welcome the presence of God. So she played, she sung, she just, she just went through her, her worship playlist and began to just minister to God. She just worshiped God. And the funeral director who, strangely enough, now lives two doors down from where I live, <laughs> says, she's good. I said, I think I know what you're trying to say. And yes, she's talented, but this is God through her and in her. And what was the most horrible, dark situation I've ever been a part of? God has brought incredible hope and life and light, and it wasn't me, it was us. And I wanna say, church, you have the ability Elam Christian Center Botany to be salt of the earth, the light of the world. Get in your small groups this term. Get connected. Do life with each other because God will use you at just the right time if you're willing and able. This morning, I wanna pray for anybody that, you know, maybe you've just felt a nudge, even as I've been speaking about one person, one situation, one opportunity that you know God wants you to just step into. And maybe you're going, I don't know if I've got the courage to do this. I wanna pray for you, just to ask God to bless you as you do that. Would you just put your hand on your heart and say, yeah, that's me. I'm feeling that conviction, I'm feeling that challenge. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. I just wanna pray a prayer of blessing. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything else other than just receive this as the team come. God, thank you that you want us to be salt and light in the earth. Thank you, God, that when we lack courage, you give it to us. Lord, when we lack wisdom, we can ask and you will give it to us. God, we come before you and we ask for your strength. We ask for the ability to be able to stand as a light in a dark place, to be able to bring wisdom and answer, bring hope. God, for every person that, that knows somebody, somebody's just come to mind, Lord, their faces is right there in front of them. 
Lord, may they have the courage to step into that person's world this week. Invite them out for a coffee. Invite them around for dinner. Just step in and just, just love on them. Serve them this week. Lord, may we use the gifts that you've given us to make a difference. In Jesus' name. And just as we close, I wanna give an opportunity to anybody who's here today. And if you're honest, you'd say, well, I don't actually have a relationship with God like maybe you've been speaking about. If everything was to end today, I don't know where I would find myself. Can I tell you, my friend, that God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. But that plan and that purpose is messed up by something called sin. Sin is when I decide to do things my way rather than God's way. God gave us a way to live our life, but sin got in the way. But fortunately, sin didn't have the final word because Jesus came as a sacrifice. He lived a perfect life, which made Him a perfect sacrifice. As a result of that, He died a death on a cross that I deserved and you deserved so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be made right with God and that relationship could be restored again. This morning, I wanna pray a prayer and I would invite anyone who just feels like your relationship with God isn't right. Maybe for the very first time, you're gonna commit your life to God. Maybe you're coming back because you know you're just not walking right with Him. Don't sweat it. Just simply pray this prayer in faith. Mean it in your heart and receive a gift of salvation that God wants to give to you today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you join me in prayer? You can pray it in your heart. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your great love for me. Thank You that You sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I choose to follow You, to commit my life to You and to live for You. In Jesus' Name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to God knowing that you've been walking away from Him and today you're saying, I'm back. I'm with you, God. I'm recommitting my life. If you prayed that prayer, we don't want to embarrass you, but we want to know who you are so we can help you take your next step. I'm gonna count to three, and on the count of three, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, and then you can pop it straight back down when I acknowledge you. One, God loves you. Two, He's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. Three, right across this place, would you put your hand up and say, yes, thank you, that's awesome, up the back. Anyone else this morning saying yes, yes to Jesus? Awesome, up the back, thank you. Anyone else up the top? Wonderful, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, right up the back there, awesome in the middle. Praise God. Come on, church, why don't we celebrate this morning? People giving their lives to Christ. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Hey, awesome. If, if, you, if you prayed that prayer and you put your hand up, I wanna say, first of all, I'm so proud of you. Uh, you made the greatest decision you could make. Or maybe you prayed that prayer and you didn't put your hand up, but you meant it. Either way, uh, on your seat or maybe on the floor or somewhere around you is one of these orange Connect cards. You can grab that now and uh, down the end of each aisle, there's some pens. And if you need a pen, just tap someone on the shoulder, ask them if they pass the pen down to you. They might even have a pen with them. Um, but grab this card and on the left side, you can give us a way to contact you. And on the, on the right side, you can tick on the second box down, I've committed or recommitted my life to Christ. And I wanna encourage you to take that step of faith. Take that box. 
Uh, we're not gonna shop your house or stalk you or anything like that. We, we somebody wanna get in contact, invite you to Alpha and help you to take that next step in your journey of faith. We wanna get alongside you and uh, answer any questions you may have. Along with that, we've got a team in the, in the foyer who's got some Bibles and they'd love to just get alongside you and, and answer any questions you may have. And so grab one of those Connect cards and in a moment, the offering bucket's gonna go by and you can simply pop that card in the offering bucket or in both our foyers, there's toolboxes that say Connect on them. Again, you can simply just pop your Connect card in that box as you leave. Uh, along with that, there's a number of other boxes you can tick as well. Maybe you wanna be part of the Dream Team or join a small group, or maybe you just wanna update your details. Some people are really organized. Maybe you moved and you wanna update your details, or you wanna be on the email list and chuck your email down there. All those things you can do simply by just filling in this Connect card, popping, popping it in the offering bucket as it goes by or in our Connect boxes in the foyer. One of the boxes you can tick there is Growth Track, and Growth Track is starting again next week on the 2nd of Feb, we've got a, a, a course running in our 10 a.m. service as well as a course running in our 4 p.m. service. The course runs for four weeks and the course is really there to help you discover who you are, who God's designed you to be, how you're wired and, and, and what gifts God has placed inside your life. We really believe that everybody's got a gift and, and you can use that gift to make a difference in your world. And we wanna help you discover what that gift is. And so over four weeks, we'll help you to do that. We'll tell you who we are as Elam, what we feel God's called us to do in our vision, uh, what it means to be a disciple, and then how uh, you can discover your personal gifts, the way that God's wired you. We've got donuts as well, Krispy Kreme. I know, Krispy Kreme, hello. Coffee, all the good things, 10 a.m., 4 p.m. Again, oh yeah, I should've started with that. I should've led with that. And then you would've been engaged. Uh, grab a Connect card, fill that out, and we'd love to get in contact with you. 